podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, before we start each episode of the Paracast, you never know what we're going to be talking about and what leads us to the opening of the show. So Randall and I are comparing our internet speeds, and our guest this week, John Olson, was telling us he's getting pretty good speed, too. And I guess... A lot of people, most people in the U.S. and Canada get at least adequate internet speeds, although millions and millions of people in the U.S. have no access to high-speed internet. And this is 2019, which is strange, but we won't get I guess they need satellite internet if they have a clear view to the satellite. You know how that works. Anyway... We, you know, have had just some great, great episodes of the Paracast week after week. And last week we had David Halperin. And David, of course, has not a unique view of UFOs, but one that goes against the ET grain, that it's the collective unconscious. Basically echoing the book by the late Carl Jung around 1960 or so. But were you convinced, Randall? that maybe you should look less at ET? Well, what I really like about David is that he's got his own unique approach. And it's very constructive. And it's quite academic. It's intelligent. And it's worth listening to. I think it represents a particular niche of the field of ufology. I don't think that it's uh, it, it's a wide enough view to really fully appreciate the field, but it's certainly a valuable one. And I think that anyone that takes the time to listen to what he has to say with an open mind can't help but come away thinking, because that's what it does, is he makes you think. And he knows whereof he speaks in a lot of areas because he is a retired religious scholar specializing in Judaic studies. So when we had him on the show with Eric Von Daniken, he's systematically dissecting what Von Daniken says using his knowledge of scripture to back him up. And he does it in a very quiet, gentle way. Yes, he's so respectful. And he's not out to put anybody down or, you know, say, oh, well, you know, people who believe that there are actually flying saucers or tinfoil hat wearing nutcases. He's very respectful of people in the field because he does believe that the phenomena is real and the experience is real to the experiencer but he really hesitates to go beyond that to say that the stimulus for the experience is something objectively real and separate from the individual as in say a nuts and bolts craft of some kind he just goes no i don't know about that but these people are definitely having some sort of real experience and they seem to be reflecting the mythology that he specializes in, which is Middle Eastern, ancient religious philosophy, generally, Judeo-Christian, Jewish type stuff. Let me bring John Olson into the discussion because you got started, John, really at age eight, you began to realize strange things were going on. Did you ever consider anything like what David Halperin is suggesting, especially with regard to UFOs, collective Um, unconscious? You know, as I've interviewed people, no matter what the the genre of 
paranormal that their belief falls into or their story. I like to just listen to their story, listen with an open ear and understand that that their experience, whatever it was, is real to them. I, I know listening to the to the previous pos- podcast, he talked about how if you have somebody that saw something and they believe it and then you tell them, oh, but it didn't really happen when he was talking about sleep paralysis. He was kind of talking about that a little bit. And uh, it's kind of the same thing when I approach these, when I interview somebody and I'm trying to decide whether to use the story or not. It's not whether I believe it's possible, but when I'm interviewing the person and do I believe what they're telling me in their in their heart? And I think that kind of goes along with that a little bit. Point being here is, as far as they're concerned, they're reporting something that actually happened to them. Now, John, I was interested in looking over your bio that you first became interested in a wider world, as it were, at age eight, which is kind of sort of before I got interested at age 11. Tell us how that began. So I grew up in a small town in northern Utah. And the home that I grew up in was 100 years old at the time. It's over 100 years now. It was built in the early 1880s. By the time I was eight years old, I have a sister that's four years older than me and a brother that's a year younger. We came together and we're like, you know, we're having experiences that I know don't go on in our friends' houses. And it got me really interested in the paranormal, especially the fact that, you know, when we went to my parents, um, their their whole thing was, you know, don't talk about it outside of the house. We don't want people to think we're crazy, you know. And in fact, for a long time, my dad's, you know, toe the line of my the house is not haunted, you guys. It's not haunted. So because I wasn't able to talk about it outside of the, the home, I, I went to the library. I found everything I could about the paranormal and it opened me up not just to ghosts and things that were happening in the home but to ufos and bigfoot and anything i could get my hands on so yeah by the time i was eight and i you know was reading that was all i wanted to read was stuff from the paranormal and I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do. My favorite show as a kid was In Search Of. And, you know, when that was on, I could just watch it over and over again because I, of the things that I was experiencing, I wanted to, you know, open up the world to me of other experiences that were going on. Did that make you less inclined to keep the secret within your family, seeing that other people were having the same things happening to them? Well, what happened was I, you know, I, I wanted to be respectful to my parents, so I really didn't talk about it for a long time. And then once I became a teenager and I had friends over at the house, um, I remember, for example, one of the first things I remember as a kid is there's a really steep set of staircases that go from the main floor to the second floor. And even as a, a small kid, I remember hearing bootsteps running up the stairs or down the stairs or even smaller feet, uh, kids' feet running up the stairs and nobody would be there. And we, we kind of coined the term, I mean, my, my brother and sister, the stair monster, because when you're little, that's kind of what, you know, you, you make up words to explain your world. When I was a teenager, I remember one time I was upstairs with a friend of mine and we were studying uh, for school. And all of a sudden she threw her book down on the floor and just looked at me. And I, I looked up and I said, what's, what's the matter? And she said, what was that? And I'm like, well, what was what? 
And she said, we've been up here for a half an hour. And in that time, somebody with that I can't see has run up the stairs twice. And I kind of chuckled and, and I finally had to admit, well, you know, I live in a haunted house. From that time on, some, <laughs> some of my other friends would have experiences in the house too. And, and I had to admit from then on, when I would go to a party or go on double dates, uh, inevitably one of my friends would, would say, Hey, John's got some great scary stories about his house. He grew up in a haunted house. And so I would tell the stories and then people started coming to me after the fact, not in front of anybody else, but come back and say, you know, I had a paranormal experience. By the time I was 18, I was interviewing people and collecting the stories. I knew I wanted to write a book someday, at least one book. And so that's how it all kind of started for me. At this point, I assume your parents realized that you were speaking of it outside of the family unit. Yes. Slowly over time, they've come to accept it. At first accept it and then finally open up to it. My parents still live in the house. I go visit and they still have experiences. Now my dad will call me the day after and say, oh, I got to tell you what happened. Or my mother will tell me when I'm over the experience that they're having. At first, I was nervous when I wrote my first book because then the cat's officially out of the bag, you know. You know, let's do our break here, John. And we'll get into this. Really, really happy you have a, what seems to be a real close family there. We've got more to come with Gene, Randall, and John. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, the Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com. Shopsupertea.com. 
Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Our guest is John Olson, focusing on paranormal events in the western part of the United States. And he's telling us here, that he grew up in a haunted house. His parents still live there, still having the experiences, but it wasn't enough, John, to scare them out. It wasn't, no. I've had a lot of people ask me, especially in the the paranormal room, they're like, well, why didn't you have your house cleaned? Why didn't you try and do something to get rid of it? And it was oddly enough, by the time, you know, I was a teenager, it was just part of the house. For at least me and my older sister, it was kind of, a cool thing that went on every once in a while. There would be, you know, a couple of weeks where it was really active and then it goes a couple months with nothing. And it, it kind of became part of the family. Interestingly enough, if I can share a story that happened to me in the house, when I was in eighth grade, I came home from school and my mother was gone. And so I made myself a sandwich in the kitchen. And then I went into the front room to watch television I sat down and before I could turn the TV on, I caught something out of the corner of my eye and I looked and here is uh, a gentleman standing, tall, skinny. He had a white shirt on and overalls and a wide brimmed hat, but I couldn't see his facial features because it was mostly see-through. And he walked in and sat in the rocking chair across from me and started rocking in the rocking chair. 
I was, that was one of the only times I was actually afraid. I closed my eyes. When I opened them again, he had gone. The rocking chair rocked for a little bit more and then stopped. But later on, when my grandmother passed away, and the house has been in my family since uh, near 1900. And when my grandmother passed away, we were going through the old photo albums and I flipped a page and I almost fell out of my chair because there was my house that I'd grown up in and a gentleman standing in front of it in overalls and a white shirt and a wide brimmed hat, tall, skinny. And I knew that was the person I had seen and come to find out it was a distant uncle that had owned it during the twenties and raised a family there and passed away there. So in a lot of ways, you know, we think of it as family which sounds really strange to a lot of people because a lot of people, paranormal, especially ghosts can be a very scary thing, but uh, we've always felt like it was part of the family. So I take it your family goes back in this country, many generations. It does. Um, especially in this area on my father's side, I can trace back to the original pioneers that came and settled the Valley that I, that I grew up in, which is cash Valley. Yeah, I can, I can trace them back quite a ways. How old were you when you saw this apparition then? So I was in eighth grade. So that would have been about what, 13, 14, something like that. Okay. So this all started even earlier than that. Yes. So, so this for you then must have just seemed like a normal part of life. You didn't come into it as a skeptic in your later years and then all of a sudden have an experience and become transformed. You just kind of grew up thinking, well, this is just part of a, a normal thing in life. Yeah, I did. Other than, you know, not being able to share it because of the fear that my parents had that the people would think we were crazy. Um, yeah, it was it was very normal um, growing up, the different things that happened. I, I've had so many experiences in that house throughout my life that um, it still gets me excited when something happens, of course, because of, you know, my writing and, and because I'm, I'm so into it. But yeah, it's it's very much been a part of my life. But we're not talking about the same type of thing like, say, the Amityville Horror. Uh, this sounds more like just a, maybe like a Beetlejuice type of thing where you, where you have some interesting characters that are, that are part of the story, but they're not out to terrify you. No, and it's funny. It has such a playful kind of um, feeling to it. It really likes to... To I don't want to say pick on people, but it, it has a mischievous feel to it. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, a couple of years ago, my dad had his knee replaced. And because of that, he had to sleep in his recliner in the front room. And he told me that it, it liked to, on occasion when he was almost asleep, uh, it would come up behind him and then whistle like you were calling the cattle with the two fingers in your ear really loud and make him jump. And then he would hear a laugh and it would almost run out of the room. He could almost hear it run out of the room. So it has, you know, not malevolent. It's not evil, but definitely likes to play pranks on people. Mischievous. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So have you guys got any photos or videos or recordings? I mean, with all this going on for all these years, have you got any evidence? My sister, she uh, turned to having a paranormal group because of this for a while. And I also have had friends come in from paranormal groups to try and gather um, uh, some evidence. But it almost seems like 
it it doesn't want to perform for people when they're there. I we've caught a few things. Uh, I know my son and I one time when when my parents are gone on vacation, it seems to act up quite a bit. And we've tried recordings and got a few things here and there, um, a few sounds, but nothing on video. And um, except for uh, one time, my son, when he was younger, we were over visiting my parents and I had a new video camera and we were, I was recording him. And we heard a voice when I heard it back that was in German uh, say something about the house. It almost sounds like gay in the house, which is German for get out of the house, but um, almost in a playful sound. But other than that, we haven't caught a lot that's that's on recording or video. The history of the house, what do you know about it? It's 100 years old, you said. This has been in your family that full time? Not quite the full time. When it was built in the 1880s, it was built by the railroad. Uh, originally, when the railroad crossed the West, how the United States paid for the railroad was they parceled off land and gave it to the railroad. And then the railroad would build or or sell to farmers. And that's how they made their money eventually. And it was originally built by the railroad. And then a few years later, it was purchased by a family that had it till near um, 1910, which is when my great, great uncle purchased it and they lived in it for quite a while uh raised a family there was a few more people that had had it in the family and then it sat empty for about eight years until my parents purchased it in the late 60s and then it's been um, my my parents have been there since then it's amazing that one family generation to generation can live in a single home. We don't see that so much. We people from Brooklyn and other places where we had that situation when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. That my grandparents owned this house and their son and one of their daughters lived there for a number right. of years. But then that kind of faded out and then everybody became distant far and far away. We'll get into yeah. more of John Olson's personal experiences and his desire to investigate and write about strange phenomena in the West. And we'll see what area that encompasses. Just want to remind you folks that if you want to get the best experience with the Paracast, join the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. We offer you a version of this show free of the network ads and the After the Paracast podcast where you never, and we never, know what's going to happen next. More to come. John, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Roofs were torn apart as Dorian made landfall near Sambo Creek in Nova Scotia. It came ashore on North Carolina's Outer Banks, knocking out power and flooding Ocracoke Island, spinning off tornadoes that hit a number of homes, including Jason Sawyer's on Emerald Isle. He tells WRAL he saw what happened through his ring camera. We knew it was bad. We didn't realize how bad, but, uh, you know, catching that sound of, of the tornado right. hitting hitting us was, uh, was, was pretty uh, humbling. In the Bahamas, hundreds of people are trying to get off Abaco Island after Dorian flattened entire towns. People say there is no water and no power. Prime Minister Hubert Menes. So I only want you to be patient. We can't move all of you at one time. But the boats will be coming in. Thousands of people in the Bahamas are still missing. This is USA Radio News. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-605-6995. Immediately, that's 800-605-6995. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-605-6995 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-605-6995. That's 800-605-6995. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-605-6995 for your free author submission kit. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So how do you keep a house 
John Olson in good condition for over 100 years at a time where these days a house that's 10 years old may be breaking apart? Well, since my parents moved in, they've done a lot of renovation and and some adding on to it as well. I've helped, you know, even growing up, I helped my dad. He was a, a carpenter and a machinist, and so he would did a lot of the work himself. So they've kept up on it and replacing things and, and moving on. But it's a really, you know, very good looking house. But like I said, there's things like, for example, those stairs that I talked about would never pass code now because they're so steep. But they're grandfathered in, obviously, because the house is so old. But it, it's been kept up pretty well. Just as a quick aside here, going back to when you were saying uh, that one of the shows you really enjoyed was In Search Of. Now, one of the things I like to ask anybody who remembers that show is if they remember the UFO episode uh, where they had the uh, film of the UFO going down into an archaeological dig. You know, I don't remember that one. And I know that I've I'm sure that I've seen it before, but I don't remember that right off the top of my head. No. Yeah. OK, that, that's OK. It's just sort of a poll question that I'm, I'm putting out there to try and solve another mystery <laughs> about In Search of Itself. Oh, so, gotcha. Uh, yeah. So anyone who's seen it, it's like, OK, you know, if I can find anybody else who's seen that, that would be amazing. On your website here at strangerbridgerland.com, I can see you've got some really quite beautiful photos of it looks like the region with some old buildings on there. And I was, I'm assuming, well, of course, that can't be your house because these are looking pretty old. <laughs> right. But, uh, are these haunted places as well? In the area that I live, there's um, it's it's very rural it's starting to grow quite a bit, but there's a lot of these old buildings like that. And, and I actually just love to take pictures of those. I don't have any stories particular of, of those individual ones. I just thought that it went well with the theme of, of the website and the books. Yeah, they're really quite beautiful. I think you could, put, you could make those into a calendar or something. Right. Yeah, I was thinking that myself. All right. Back to uh, where did we leave off then? When you were 13, you saw an apparition. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems to be a family thing that is happening with your house. It's still going on today. Yes. And uh, have you got any plans to do any more investigation into it or or try to get some more objective evidence of some kind? Mostly it's just still gathering stories and gathering my own stories that I, as I have experiences in the house as well. For example, I, I'll give you an example. Only a couple weeks ago, uh, I went over to see my parents and they happened to not be home at the time. And I walked in the back door just out of habit. I yelled out, Hey, I'm home. And a voice from the front room called out, we're in here. And I thought that was strange because <laughs> the, because the car was gone. So I walked into the front room and sure enough, nobody's there and the TV's off. So I sat down and, and started reading. I had my book with me. So I was reading. And after a few minutes, I heard the back door open and close. And I heard what sounded like my father's voice say, we're home. And so I got up and walked into the the kitchen and sure enough nobody's there the car's not back and i i kind of laughed and i said oh you got me again i went into the front room and sat down and after a little while again the back door opened and i heard my dad call out we're home and i just sat where i was and eventually he walked into the, my dad did walk into the front room and he's like didn't you hear me and i said yeah but i didn't think it was you and i had to <laughs> explain to him that what i had heard so you know i don't know if I I have had people ask to uh, investigate the home and I have let close friends do it. And like I said, they have a hard time finding um, 
things that happen there. Uh, my parents are okay with me telling the story. They're, they're, they've mentioned several times they're not okay if I give out the address, obviously, or, or where it is specifically. But um, I'm just kind of enjoying the fact that, that it's still going on after all of these years. And I'm still gathering stories, both from my, my parents and, and even my children have had experiences at grandma and grandpa's house. So that's pretty amazing. But I guess that's now you're talking about the whole area there in the Cache Valley. And uh, so your experiences in your home aren't the only strange things that go on around there, are they? No, it's interesting because as I, I gather stories and interview people, I'm kind of partial to this area because this is where I've grown up. But the more that after my first book came out and my second book, it's amazing how far out and how many people have had paranormal experiences throughout the Western United States and and I imagine throughout even further reaches and just how I'm kind of amazed at the the day and age that we live now with the things that are on the television about the paranormal and shows like your guys' show, I think empowers people to feel okay with um, sharing their experiences, which has definitely helped me in gathering more stories. Now, let's talk about your house quickly. I assume you live in a much newer residence yourself and your family. Yes, I have a, I have a newer home. I'm uh, a couple towns over. I'm about 30 miles away now, but uh, actually more rural than what I grew up. But yeah, in a much newer home. Would it be personal to ask what your day job is? No, that's not at all. So currently, I work for uh, Cash Valley Transit District. Uh, I work with the paratransit, which is... Um, helping people with disabilities uh, get from place to place. And then I'm also a full-time student currently as well. So I went back to finish my degree. So that's between that and writing the book and, and doing everything. I keep pretty busy. Certainly sounds like it. Certainly sounds like it. What kind of degree are you trying to get? So I'm trying to finish my business degree with an emphasis in IT, which, you know, right up your alley. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm hoping to do. Well, you keep at it. In your studies of the paranormal, how wide a net do you cast? Um, you know, with my books, uh, I, I've had people contact me with all different things. I have, of course, ghost uh, stories. Um, I have UFO stories, uh, Bigfoot stories, cryptid stories. And then I have a section uh, which I call glitches in the matrix, which are stories that may not necessarily fall under the other categories, um, things that false memories or uh, doppelgangers, things like that. False memories in what sense? So I'll share a story um, out of my new book um, to give you an example. Uh, this one, I, I loved this story. I was able to um, interview this gentleman over the phone. He contacted me and he said that he had an extremely strange story that he wanted to share with me. Um, and he told me he grew up in a small town in Colorado in the, uh, and graduated from high school in the nineties. And at that time, right after high school, he, he traveled for his church for two years to South America, um, to do some work. And, then uh, at that time, you know, there was an email or, you know, he wasn't able to call because of where he was. So he didn't keep up real well with, you know, things at home. But when he got home after the two years, his plan was to work um, 
for the summer and then uh, leave for school. So he was working in the summer and he got called out. He was doing some repair work and got called out to a home. And when he got to the address, he was like, oh, I recognize this house. I know this house. And he went in and it was one of his friends from high school. Her name was uh, Diana. And there was an older woman there and he started working and he asked her, he said, um, I think my friend used to live here in high school. And he, she said, oh, I just purchased this home from a family. Um, they had lost their daughter. She passed away and they had moved away. And he was, you know, kind of dumbfounded because, you know, he was really good friends with Diana. So he went and uh, looked up her obituary. And sure enough, she had passed away from appendicitis. And he even went to the cemetery and saw her grave and was very sad about it. Uh, he went off to school, you know, fast forward, got a job, got married. And one year he came home to uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, this was in the early 2000s. And he, his mother, they were getting ready for Thanksgiving dinner. And his mother said, you know, I forgot the whipped cream. Will you run to the store? Let's and break said, right there at the whipped cream. We'll find out what happened then. More to come with John, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it.
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 this is robert hastings author of ufos and nukes and you're listening to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio Okay, whipped cream. <laughs> whipped right, cream so- and other delights. It was an album by that name, right? Yeah, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. That was awesome. Yeah, yes. yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, I, I he went to the store to get the whipped cream, and he was it was kind of crowded the little grocery store, and he found the whipped cream, and he's walking towards the cash register, and came around the corner, and runs into a shopping cart, and he looks up. And is dumbfounded to be looking directly into Diana's face, his friend from high school. And he was just really trying to figure out what was going on. And she said, oh, hey, I haven't seen you forever. And they were talking. He had She had a little boy in the cart with her, her son. And he said, now, he's like, I thought you were really sick out of high school. And she goes, oh, yeah, the year after I had appendicitis, it burst, and I almost died. And so after he talked to her, he dropped the whipped cream, drove directly to the cemetery, and her headstone was gone. Everything that he remembers as being fact back in the day is now changed. She's alive. She didn't die. And uh, it was a very strange experience for him. He had shared this story with with his wife and a few people. But the facts now do not match his memory uh, of what he remembers happening. So, and that includes like seeing her gravestone in a cemetery. Yeah. yeah he wow. Says, 
he remembers reading her obituary, seeing her headstone, and and now she is alive and well. So okay, and, we're talking uh, Mandela effect here, right? That's what I assume to a personal Mandela effect um, kind of a thing where somehow it, it doesn't match uh, his his memory does not match the facts anymore. So. I think stuff like that really does happen. I've had, I mean, I'm one of those people who remember him dying in jail. And then when he got out, it was like, is this an imposter or how about you? What's your perspective? Do you remember one or both or? Yeah, there's several of them. Um, I've read about that, uh, that I remember the, the Berenstein or Berenstain bears. I remember being different. I remember having the book as a child. Um, I don't remember that the Mandela, um, one in particular, but there are other ones that I definitely remember being different. One that I have, I found a few people with the same memory, but when Jason Lee died filming The Crow, I remember as a kid and reading all about, or being older and reading all about, that the big deal was that he had died the same way his father had died, that his father had died being shot with a um, a blank uh, that didn't have, a that had something shoved in the front of it and that's how he died well i was shocked when i found out later that no in fact he died of i believe it was an infection or um something completely different but i remember when jason lee had died that the big deal was that he had died exactly the same as his father had in the same way i definitely believe there's something going on there what it is i'm not sure you know whether it's a multi-universe or whatever it is it's Yeah, we'll have to get talking about, you know, maybe some theories on how to explain all of this. How about the, were you ever a James Bond fan? Like, do you remember the, uh, the film like uh, Spy Who Loved Me with Jaws, you know, the, the character and, and then there was Dolly and Mm -hmm. Jaws had the, he could clamp down and like bite through cables. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of people who remember Dolly with braces. Yeah, I remember that. I remember it that way too. And, okay. and the, that was the connection that they had because, you know, he smiles, he's got the yeah. jaws, and then she smiles, she has braces, and right. that's how they connected. And now her braces are gone. Yeah, that's very strange. Isn't that weird? Okay, so you remember it that way too. So do I. Mm-hmm. And the actor who actually played Jaws also remembered her having braces and said so before he died. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's very strange. That was one that I brought up to my dad because he's a huge James Bond Bond fan and he loved that. And I asked him when I heard about this Mandela effect, I came to him and I said, you remember this uh, in this movie and Jaws meets the girl? And he says, yeah. And she smiles and she's got braces. He remembers it that way as well. So it's very strange. He was seven foot two inches, Richard Keel. Yeah, he was a big guy. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it because those two films, Moonraker and The Spy Who Loved Me, were not my favorites. I thought they were silly. They were goofy. I was not a fan of Roger Moore at all. Yeah. You know, as a saint, he was okay. That was the character that he was right. best suited for. Not James Bond, not the action hero. But I he do remember yeah. that Jaws' girlfriend had the braces because that was the shtick. Yeah, it was very important for her to look in one way like him. Like, I don't really remember much of the rest of the movie. Actually, No, you're not missing anything. I remember Jaws biting through the the cable car cable, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And the boat chase, I think, too. Okay, so 
but there's other stuff besides that as well. I mean, this is really cool. We can come back to it, but there's also stuff like Bigfoot. I think I ran across something in one of your uh, pages there, and it looked like a footprint. It looked like a Bigfoot footprint. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I think that it going all the way back to the beginning of the show here with David Halperin, it's like, well, okay, we have UFOs on radar. It's kind of hard for you know to think that if there's a footprint there, that it's just a psychic phenomena. Right. And, and what's interesting about Bigfoot is, you know, people ask me all the time, they're like, well, you know, we should have found something. Do you really really believe in Bigfoot? And my dream is someday to see something like that. Now I have not seen it, seen him myself, but I've interviewed enough people and done enough study to know that there's something there. And like, like you say, they have footprints um, and some physical evidence, but I go back to Native American lore. And when they talk about Bigfoot or they talk about some of their other creatures, it's hard for us to wrap our mind around because in their in their beliefs, it's both a physical creature and a spiritual creature. And that's how they're able to move or disappear or anything like that. And so as you know, when if you use science uh, towards something like that, um, you wonder if it's a multi-dimensional creature, kind of, you know, like we we're talking about the Mandela effect. Things change. Is it a multi-dimensional creature? Is it able to be physically here but then disappear? Or, you know, what exactly is it that is is part of it? And and I kind of love that part of um, Bigfoot or UFOs or you know the fact that. Um, we don't know just because we don't know right now doesn't mean that there isn't a an explanation for it because the things that we thought were impossible at one point are no longer impossible we just have to keep our mind open to the fact that it could be something very strange to us now but we might understand later on do you look at it in terms of ufos in the ETH theory, extraterrestrial hypothesis that there are visitors from other planets or something else? Um, I try and keep my mind open about it. Um, of all, you know, all the stories and people that I've interviewed, I've, I've never interviewed somebody who has seen an extraterrestrial, just the vehicles. And so, you know, but I am definitely open to that. I believe that if we think that we're the only ones in the universe, that's very arrogant of us in this great big wide world. And when I when I hear scientists say, well, it can't be extraterrestrials because there's no way they could travel that far that fast. Again, I go back to um, I remember I read an article about the the person who was in charge of the patent office near uh, 1890 who wrote a letter saying we should close the patent office because everything that's been invented has already been invented. It's it's just because it's not in our wheelhouse right now doesn't mean that the possibility of traveling uh, vast dis- distances isn't an actual you know reality for other um, other. Uh, aliens or or whoever it is well i always wonder here true if et was here and has been here so long why the cat and mouse game why can't they just sit back and say hi guys we are them but then again you have the scenes in earth versus the flying saucers and a similar scene also in man of steel where the alien in the case of the attackers et and Earth versus the Flying Saucers and General Zod 
in Man of Steel, they communicate by taking over the transmissions mm-hmm. of the entire planet and speaking in the local language. To them, it's right. easy. That's right. just part of their technology. So we assume if ET is that far advanced, maybe they could, if they wanted to, take mm-hmm. over our transmissions, hack them, whatever it takes, and present their message. How could you dispute that? How would you dispute that? Uh, by the way, Jack Nicholson did that in the first Batman with the local TV. Anyway, we got more to come with John, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I was saying that in the first Batman with Michael Keaton, as Batman Jack Nicholson as a Joker, mm-hmm. takes over the local TV stations with his broadcast. Yeah, I remember that. Well, that really would be a good way for them to go about it. But instead, we get th- this very elusive behavior and al- in an almost theatrical-like presentation where it's very hard for us to get any objective, scientifically verifiable evidence. And the same thing is happening with the poltergeists and 
other types of phenomena as well. And it, it makes me think that it's all connected to the same thing because it all kind of behaves in the same way. There's different manifestations of the same phenomena. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's, that's one thing that connects me, you know, where I, I love all things paranormal and trying to decide, you know, are they connected? Is it our ghosts actually ghosts that have passed on or is it something that's between realms that is trying to contact us or just, just trying to think, you know, I, I love to just sit back and think and try and hypothesize, you know, because of this is, could it be this or uh, just going through it like that? Okay. Let's do a little bit of that then. Then so, okay. When for listeners of the show, I'm, I'm one of those people who, and you were just talking about what people thought was possible and not possible. I'm one of those same people who think that afterlives, the way that we typically think of them as a continuity of personhood following the death of the body is not possible. It, it just simply can't be the case, and therefore it must be something else. Mm-hmm. So I tend to, and maybe this is because I look at everything through the lens of ufology, that if we've got an alien technology or a a society civilization that is capable of doing things like um, telepathic mind control or making people think it things or and then anti-gravity because of the way their craft work i mean we've got they can levitate things they can make things appear to be there that aren't there they can do all the things that are necessary, in other words, to give the illusion of an apparition or a poltergeist or some sort of haunting. They have all the all the stuff there within their their means. It's all there. It's just as a different manifestation of it. So I'm thinking, well, okay, UFOs seem to be real. Those are picked up on radar. They have the technology. They can do it if they want to, and they seem to be studying people over generations. So why should we discount the possibility that maybe they're studying us using these trick tricksterish methods on us to make us think, well, you know, we'll we'll put an apparition or a kind of a projection, some kind of holographic thing, like uh, the, the what was it, the, an uncle that you said was that you saw it was kind of like an apparition and a mm-hmm. hologram. It was semi translucent. Let's just put that down there and see what that see what that causes this person to do. Right, and you know, it's interesting that you say that. One, I don't want to call it a theory because I I don't necessarily believe in it, but but something along those lines somebody was when we were talking i was talking to somebody about the fact that you know are we living in a um virtual reality and i laughed at that point and i said well if you've ever played video games then you know that the creators of the video games love to put easter eggs in there maybe ufos and ghosts and bigfoot are easter eggs in our virtual reality that we're playing and it's something that you're supposed to go search out or something but yeah that's definitely a possibility that you know they have the technology they want to see how we're going to react or how things affect us whether it's ufos or whether it's ghosts or bigfoot or cryptids or whatever it is it it could very well be something of those along those lines well we have the technology i mean we can do it ourselves now we can create like i like i mentioned on the show several times we can make it look like michael jackson singing on stage with frank sinatra right exactly so so i mean if we can do that 
imagine some race that's you know you know even a few hundred years ahead of us it's just sort of setting us from a social perspective well let's let's do this and see how they behave yeah but, you know so it becomes tech it becomes technologically possible and objectively possible whereas actually living beyond your physical existence into some other existence just doesn't seem possible well the thing i wonder about when we talk about this is when does artificial intelligence virtual reality take on a form where it's indistinguishable from life itself and i think for example of the holodeck and star trek next generation and beyond where they go into this large chamber and the computer creates a simulation of something in which all the people seem to be real you can touch them you can eat the food you are in a real environment and that's supposed to take place in the 23rd century so a couple hundred years from now in the 24th century now at what point can an advanced alien race not just create virtual reality but build through its building blocks an entire civilization a planetary system a galaxy a universe yeah exactly and and uh, there's been several theories out there too that that our ancestors or our um you know generations down from now have built this reality to see what life was like at this time so that we're living in a in a virtual reality that's actually a copy of their past so that they could see how we we reacted and and how we were affected by things back then um almost the same way that uh scientists today you know do a dig at an archaeological site and try and figure out you know the mindset of the people that lived there uh, their religious backgrounds their socioeconomics everything maybe this is a, a way for them to to look back using their technology now and we don't actually exist in the way that we think we do that's absolutely fascinating and people are taking that quite seriously i i it seems like i'm mentioning this every show lately but there was the uh 2016 isaac asimov memorial debate which you can check out on youtube and we've got some real serious scientists and philosophers there who are taking that question very seriously including neil degrasse tyson who hosts it and i mean if that's the arch skeptic of all things paranormal so if those guys are taking that possibility seriously well then maybe it's not so far out there as we might think yeah i would agree with that yeah it's definitely something to think about and to ponder i know that what keeps coming to my mind is uh the videos from china where cities and giant people walking through the clouds are are showing up over the skies and they're getting video of it uh, back to your projecting things or maybe even a breakdown of the program that we're working that that we're living in I, I don't know if you've seen those videos or not where suddenly a city appears in the clouds above the town and and several people have gotten videos of that um again that goes along that doesn't fall under a ufo it doesn't fall under bigfoot it's it's something extremely strange going on though 
But then again, I mean, if we're looking at the kind of technology where you can create holographic representations, well, yeah, it could, because I mean, even we can do that. We could, we could project that up into the sky now, into the clouds and make it look like there's a city up there somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we have that technology if we wanted to do it. I mean, there's, it's amazing what we can do now. So just think of us again, even, even a few hundred years in advance of us, all sorts of things could be made to appear. To if you're studying, if you want to study the behavior of a specific species on a planet someplace, it'd be the perfect way to do it. Yet they don't want to get themselves directly involved because, after all, you don't want to insert yourself into the experiment if you're the one that's creating the experiment. And yet, like Gene, when you talked about Star Trek, there, that was a really, really good example because. Uh, in one of my favorite episodes that involves that, there's this character, I think his name's Moriarty. Oh, yes. Right. And he, d- he realizes that he is a simulation. You know what? Let's break it here because I want to add some more things to that. Moriarty, that's, of course, the villain in Sherlock Holmes. And we got more to come with John Olson, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. You're in The Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call, 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Star Trek's holodeck. So what happened, Randall, with Moriarty? Well, Moriarty, of course, actually realizes he is in a simulation he works it out in his mind where he could because he's smart moriarty's a very very intelligent he's like a match for sherlock holmes in his own way and they have to figure out a way to regain control of the ship from him because he finds a way to interface with the ship's systems now imagine if that's the case with our universe if we were able to interface with the system somehow, that could explain a lot of paranormal stuff. Yeah, it it would. That would that would make a lot of sense, and it would connect everything too as well. If that's the the case with ghosts or or UFOs and Bigfoot and even maybe even you know disappearances of people, you know strange oh, disappearances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it even sort of makes an afterlife kind of quasi-possible because then maybe all of our existence is simply data that can be put into a memory and recalled later. But then that just would make whatever comes later just a copy of us. It's still not us anymore. We're only us in our form now. Once we're gone, well, it's so what if you can bring it back from memory? That just means you're just bringing back a copy. It's not really us. Now, if you remember Star Trek Voyager, they didn't have a ship's doctor. So they use the holographic equipment, the hologram, and they created the holographic doctor, played by Robert Picardo, a great character actor. And he was real enough to actually treat the people aboard the ship. He could serve as a real doctor and with some electronic or supercomputer magic take on a form where he almost had his own 
legitimate existence outside of that room. Right. And, and by the end, you know, he's, he's gained so much knowledge that, you know, he is part of the crew. And I believe they even have an episode where they have court to find out, you know, whether he has the right to his, his ideas or not, um, because he wants to publish a book and, and somebody steals it, the copy of their, his holographic book. And then they have to go to court when they finally connect uh, across space to um, Starfleet and they have court whether or not he's a sentient being or not. And, right. Uh, That's a, such a good episode. Like is, yeah. Star Trek was so good for bringing up issues like that, philosophical issues that are have social relevance into the popular culture. And yeah. as much as we get criticized for talking Trek or sci-fi on here, I, I think it's an actually actually a really wonderful show in that respect. Oh At yeah, least the classics were. I don't know about the new ones so much. I haven't got to watch a lot of the new ones, um, but definitely the older ones, Next Generation, DS Nine, Voyager, and the original. Yeah, they they they, they had this great way of tackling um, just the ideas that were relevant to us, but using future tense to tell the story. Now I had a chance here to watch Star Trek discovery that's on CVS all access in this country. And you get a seven day free trial. There are two seasons. So if you binge, you can get your free trial <laughs> right. and get to see two seasons. Now this is supposed to take place 10 years before the original series. So you have okay. Mr. Spock is on there. Spock's father and an alleged adoptive sister that is never referred to in any other Star Trek series, except in the final episode of season two, they explain why that happened. Oh, gotcha. and what happened? Also, the guy who played Spock in that series, mm -hmm. who's a grandson of Gregory Peck, by the way. Oh, wow. That guy is far better, I'm sorry to say, than Zachary Quinto. As Spock, he has more of the character and the gravitas of the original Spock. Zachary right. Quinto just has the look and not has much more. Look. Definitely. And interestingly enough, you know, we were talking about In Search Of. Either they have or they're going to relaunch, relaunch In Search Of with him as the narrator for oh, it. Interesting. So, yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, to at least to, to see what they come up with. Now, just to point out briefly, there probably is never going to be a Star Trek four from the new movie series, partly because Chris Pine, becoming famous in the Wonder Woman movies, wanted too much money. They also wanted to get Chris Hemsworth to replay the role of his father who died in the first film. All right. But he, of course, he being Thor, one of the Avengers, he wants too much money. So that's up in the air. Yeah. Yep. I've heard that's on and off. So. And I'll just mention one more thing. In the Wonder Woman film with Chris Pine, he is doing everything he can to behave like William Shatner, more so than the Star Trek films. Really, you've got to look at it. Yeah, I'll have to watch it and think of that next time. So, and see if we see how that works. If they were going to relaunch the series, I think, and it, it, I'd really like to see them do the, a spinoff from the earlier Enterprise. That had oh. Scott Bakula because, and, and I'm, I'm not saying they should necessarily bring back Scott Bakula, but in that series, they went 
forward in time to where there's these builder there's this builder race that's coming into our universe from another universe uh, with really the ships were huge then and a whole new type of system i i think that, that if they could pick up something there it could be really really interesting yeah definitely i i love star trek and i love sci-fi i almost think you know in a lot of cases that goes hand in hand in uh in the paranormal i guess it's your belief in the future and your um having you know an imagination and and just trying to delve in and and figure things out well of course um and gene you've mentioned this a couple of times as well one of the things that they've done with star trek and is particularly in the original series and in the next generation is they've taken a very humanist approach so when i think it's Fox's brother goes off to find god at the sort of at the center of the universe, you find Kirk asking, "What does God need with a starship?" Right. right. That, by the way, was the lone episode directed by William Shatner. And for that reason, I thought it was a decent film. But for that reason, they trashed it. I really actually liked that one, even though, yeah, it got really hard hit with the reviews. But but I liked the the idea of it, like you were talking about um, of somebody who's fanatical actually trying to find god um i i just have this personal belief where if it like i i consider myself a spiritual person and a religious person but it's got to be separate in a lot of ways because if you have faith or have whatever then you you don't necessarily have to go out and find god if that's your belief if if you're in need of finding scientific belief uh in god then i think you're missing the point and that's that's neither here nor there but uh just kind of a thought of mine well there's a thought in mind too that we some people believe in ufos in the quest for a modern equivalent of a supreme being more to come with John, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow Patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. In Nova Scotia, a weakened but still destructive Dorian is toppling trees and cutting power to hundreds of thousands of Canadians. Officials are urging people to stay indoors until the storm passes. Earlier, over coastal North Carolina, 
Dorian wreaked havoc on the Outer Banks. Benny Lax is on Ocracoke Island. The water levels rose so fast, literally, I would say within 30 minutes, we had four feet of water, and it just kept rising. There was a storm surge of up to four feet there. While Dorian was a Category 5, it was the strongest and slowest hurricane to ever batter the Bahamas. On Abaco Island, many are waiting to be evacuated. This woman was waiting to be evacuated to Nassau with her children. I don't have nothing but me and my kids. The death toll in the Bahamas is 43, with thousands of people still unaccounted for. This is USA Radio News. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens, and we're proud to promote amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Visit GCNLife.com for products like Luminesce. The Luminesce Anti-Aging Skincare Line restores youthful vitality and radiance to your skin, reducing the appearances of fine lines and wrinkles with stem cell technology. There's also Instantly Ageless, which works within two minutes, reducing under-eye bags, fine lines, wrinkles, and pores. Jeunesse has products to help you with how you look and feel in a very short time. Noble-nominated Dr. Vincent Jampapa has designed several products helping the body perform better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they're available up to a 25% preferred price discount. See all of the amazing Jeunesse products at GCNLife.com or call toll-free 1-844-443-6637. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. In this segment of the Paracast, of course, we're talking to John Olson. He's a paranormal investigator who inhabits a small town in Utah. Do you go into the big cities at all, or do you just concentrate on small towns? The biggest town where I actually work is, um, it's about 30 miles away, but it's not really a very big town at all. I, I am actually don't even know the exact size. It's called Logan, Utah. It's where Utah State University is. And so I go to the big cities when, when I have to, but I'm really down home. I'm kind of a a country guy. I, I love the seclusion of the country. Right now, currently in the house that I have, I have one neighbor to the left of me and then uh, fields everywhere else around me. Uh, and I'm so far north that the big field behind me actually touches Idaho. So that's how far north in Utah I am. Yeah, definitely. But I but I interview people from all over. And when I travel and, and do some 
paranormal shows and do speaking engagements. I, I get to the big city at that time. <laughs> oh, by the way, just to mention the name of that actor, the grandson of Gregory Peck, it's Ethan Peck. Oh, Ethan okay. Peck. Okay. Ethan Peck. And he's been in a lot of TV series in his short lifespan. He's like 33 years old, same age as my son. In case anyone's interested, like as I said, if you look at the final episode of season two of Star Trek Discovery, you will wonder why this guy wasn't picked to be Spock in the new movie series. No criticism of Zachary Quinto at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Quinto. He's okay, but I haven't seen the, the Discovery because I don't get that channel. Uh, okay, we have this really long post here in our question bank uh, for you, John, uh, mm-hmm. because we have it. We put on our um, on our community forum uh, for every show. We have a thread dedicated to our guest that uh, you you'd be free to join the forum and comment on yourself, chime okay. in. But what it really boils down to is that this person had some sort of odd experiences uh, out in the Imperial Valley in California mm-hmm. and uh, another one outside Brawley at a place called Finney Lake. Have you ever heard of any of these places or? I have not heard of them in particular. No, um, oh, okay. I haven't. He was but... just kind of wondering if maybe you'd, you'd heard of anything out there. I mean, California's got plenty of places where there's people have had experiences, but I, he was just wondering if you might just happen to know about something specific there. No, I haven't, but uh, it definitely piques my interest. <laughs> I'd love to know. I, I'm, I'm always learning more and more. And, and when I do a show or my book comes out, I get a lot of people that contact me and they're like, oh, you've got to find out about this area. You've got to find out about this area. And, and so I do my, my best to do that because, I, like I say, I absolutely love uh, learning everything. So Some of your uh, promotional material reminds me of a promo trailer for a TV show or a movie. Do you have any plans for a show or do you have you had any offers from any of the paranormal TV show people to cover your story or or have you thought about uh, pitching it to a, a producer? You know, I would actually love to. I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet, but I would love to do a show um, where uh, you know, we talk about a, a couple stories and then do a recreation of it kind of a thing. I've, I've always loved story or shows like that myself. And just to see uh, that come alive on the on the small screen would be amazing. I would love that. Yeah, I'm much more partial to the dramatic uh, recreations than the uh, night vision nose cams kind of thing. Uh, (laughs) And they they have their place, of course, but but just having as much experience as I do, I, I try and tell people. Just remember when you're watching the show, it's it's for, you know, where they're out there with night visions and stuff and and everywhere they go, they find something. And I'm like, the real investigators that I speak to that go out, you know, they can be in a place, you know, three, four times before they, before they finally get some solid evidence that they're looking for. So it's just important, you know, to remember it's a fun and exciting to watch, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Do you have other paranormal investigators uh, in the region there? What They're all over the place. It seems like these days, paranormal investigators, if you, if you type it into Google, they're everywhere do you run across other people you know i yeah i i like to i don't personally do the going out you know on the weekends and and try and find stuff like that i have done that but i'm more of 
getting stories and talking to people or, you know, talking to somebody if they have something going in the, on in their house to try and figure it out. But in my travels, I've definitely run into all kinds of paranormal groups. There's a lot of paranormal groups in this area and they love to go out and do investigations. And it's really great to actually meet and talk with them. I, 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 they're enthusiastic, great people. What does your family think? I mean, your immediate family, your wife and kids, what do they think of your paranormal pursuits? You know, they're actually great. Uh, my wife, um, I remarried about four years ago, and that was when, when I got married, remarried. My wife, I was explaining to her what I did other than my work, you know, before we got married, and she saw like the stacks of of information from all of my uh, people that I'd interviewed. And she's like, well, what are you going to do with it? And I said, well, someday I want to write a book. And she goes, well, why not right now? And she was great to, um, you know, help me, prod me along and get me going. She's the main reason I wrote my first book because she was just so positive about it. My children, they've all had experiences at grandma and grandpa's house and, they're excited about it. In my new book, I used um, my son and my daughter for um, kind of stock photos for different things in it. And they were excited to show their friends. And, and like I said, my parents, they, they, they went from when I was a kid, don't talk about, don't talk about it. Now they give away my book to their friends and talk all the time. So it's really been positive through most of it. Well, it's nice that it's opened up then. So it's no longer this sort of hush, hush family secret kind of thing. I was going to say, if there was anyone you might want to network with, uh, as you know, we talked to a lot of people here who were into the paranormal. And one of the people that uh, we had on recently is Brian Bonner from the Rocky Mountain Paranormal Research Society. Really level-headed guy. uh, You know, I wouldn't hesitate at all for you you two to network up. And also up here in Canada, Morgan Knudsen as well. Two really, really positive people, but really level-headed. And uh, if you're thinking of doing any networking. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. I appreciate that. That's great. I definitely would. So, like, if you had, okay, what's your most sort of uh, vivid, most impressive experience that you've had in, in any way, shape, or form? Like not necessarily just say an event, like a paranormal event, but maybe, you know, even in a personal way, like a transformation of, have you had any skeptics that have become believers or that sort of thing? Um, You know, it's, if you haven't had an experience, whether it's a UFO, Bigfoot, um, ghosts, then you, you know, you tend to be a skeptic. You tend to, to stand out and, and, and I've met, so, you know, many people who, uh, who were my friends that may not have known that I did that. And then when I talk to them, either they fall into two camps. They're the ones that have had an experience that didn't tell me until they found out. And then those that um, are skeptical of it. Um, And I I can honestly say I've never lost friends because they found out that that's what I did, which has been nice. But there's definitely friends that, that are like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't really talk about that or I don't want to talk about that, which is fine. You know, we talk about other things. Um, But a lot of people say when I interview them that they're like, I 
didn't believe in this. I didn't believe in the paranormal. I didn't believe in UFOs until I had this experience. And now, you know, it transformed my life. I'm, I'm a believer. I want to know more, you know, uh, one thing is a lot of people, uh, will ask me, will you change my name? You know, I do want to keep my anonymity and I will do that for them. Uh, a lot of people are okay with their name and, and that's good, but definitely once you have that experience, then it, it seems to open up for you. We've got more to come. John Olson, paranormal investigator from the Western part of the U.S. with Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, John Olson, let me ask you, with all your encounters looking at possible evidence of paranormal activity, have you found any or many hoaxers? You always run into a few now and again, but it seems like it's more along the lines, at least for me uh, personally, is when I see pictures or something along those lines that is obviously hoaxed. Um, I've interviewed a few people that um, I, I had a hard time not necessarily believing their story, but just I have to go by gut feeling. But so very rarely do I find that people who want to share their story with me are, are making it up or in the, you know, at the least they believe definitely believe what they saw because I, I don't pay for my stories. Um, what I, what I do is, you know, if I put this, their story in the book, they get a signed copy of it and they're perfectly fine with that. Um, I definitely avoid anybody if they're, that are like, I'll give you this story, but you know, it's going to cost you. I, I just kind of, you know, avoid that altogether. So I, I don't run into that too much. No. Now, let's hit in our favorite topic here, of course, on the Paracast is UFOs. And I wanted to delve more heavily into that other than the possibility of where they might come from. Have you at all talked to people who claim to have been abducted by Uh, someone in a flying saucer? um, No, I've never I've never met anybody that's been abducted. I did interview um, a gentleman that uh, him and his wife had seen a UFO and in in and amongst seeing the ufo and getting home they had lost some time and when i suggested that you know did you ever think about getting hypnosis or anything they were like no 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 no. you know we know we weren't abducted or anything like that but they were coming home from a a wedding and got caught in a snowstorm and as they were traveling through the snowstorm uh they were traveling through a part of the land uh, north of here in idaho where it's flat sagebrush and some farms and then just some gullies here or there and as they come around the corner um the snow let up a little bit and in the gully not far from them was this ufo hovering in the gully they stopped he wanted to get out his wife said no we got to go and so they went on and they figured that the the travel time even though they were slow with the storm they should have been home at a certain time and it was actually about an hour and a half two hours later than they thought but that would be the closest uh that it would come to anybody being abducted 
Have you read much about it at all? Yeah. Oh, of course. I'm, you know, I've read all the, the stories and watched the shows, um, Benny and Barney Hill, you know, from the beginning, you know, on with all the different things with people being abducted. Um, the gentleman who owns the ranch in Nevada that claims he has UFOs on the ranch and UFOs and being visited by aliens. Uh, I don't know if you've seen anything about that or not. Um, I was thinking of Bob Bigelow. That's why. Right. Yes. And I've read all I could get my hands on of the Skinwalker Ranch as well, because it's, you know, being in Utah, it's, it's not too far from me, but um, that's one place I would love to go and at least, you know, see myself. But it's locked down pretty tight. How about cattle mutilations? Do you have any of that going on up there? Not so far north um, that I'm aware of. However, um, I did talk to a friend of mine who, um, when he found out what I did, he was from Colorado, um, near where all of those cattle mutilations went on. And his, his dad was a rancher down there and his dad had had cattle mutilated. And I said, well, what did the authorities say? And he said, well, with everything that was going on, he never reported it, but it was the same kind of deal with the sexual organs gone, lips gone, no blood, things of that nature. It was really kind of weird. It makes you wonder if, look, if we're dealing with the same phenomena again, manifesting itself in different ways, there's, there does seem to be a darker side to it. Now, uh, your particular family experiences have been relatively positive. Have you run across people in your years of investigation who haven't had such positive experiences? Yes. Um, you know, I've, I've ran into people who've had extremely scary, um, situations. I do interview people who have had experiences with uh, Ouija boards or things of more darker side. I haven't written those stories in the book just because I, I have reservations about encouraging people to do that, uh, just for my own personal, you know, standpoint, but definitely I've had people, um, run into things that were extremely scary. I had one in particular uh, in my new book of a gentleman, him and his girlfriend were in Nevada, uh, went camping in uh, the Sierra Nevada mountains. He was not a camper, but she'd grown up doing it. So he took her uh, just kind of to make his girlfriend happy. And in the middle of the night, he woke up to a really strange sound of somebody walking into their camp with a heavy rasp, almost like they were having trouble breathing and it, felt, it sounded like they were dragging something. And he went to go grab his flashlight and knocked something off, made a sound. The creature ran a little ways off. He got the flashlight, unzipped the tent and was looking around. And about 30, 40 feet from the camp was this creature. He explained it as almost zombie-like, a pale, naked man skinny you could see every bone in his body uh facing away from him with his hand on the tree his nails were black it was just and he yelled out he originally thought oh maybe it's a homeless person or somebody and he yelled out to the person what are you doing hey you know and he slowly turned his head over his shoulder and he could see his teeth were black you know his mouth was curled up over his teeth his eyes were sunken and it was the most frightening thing that had ever happened in his life it was like out of a horror movie he said 
he woke up his girlfriend. His girlfriend saw the creature right before they threw everything in the vehicle, breaking the tent and taking off. But obviously, uh, he was very in a traumatic state after witnessing this. Um, after doing some research, I personally believe that it was a creature that um, the Native Americans call a Wendigo, which in their uh, belief is a creature that's created when somebody turns to cannibalism that walks the earth, never fully being able to fill its belly and um, kind of decaying as it goes. But uh, so definitely there's some stories that I've got that are, are along the lines of, of horror movie type situations. But that, I mean, th- there we go. That's uh, again, mm-hmm. it brings us back to this sort of theatrical nature of the phenomena where it's manifesting itself to the experiencer in our previous show, we said it sort of mirrors the expectations of the experiencer. So what we've got is is this creature that is like he himself says something out of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and so you wonder is it you know obviously I, I in order for me to have put it in the book I believe what he was telling me is what he saw, and then it goes back to again like you say what was it manifesting to him or what was it and they both saw the same thing him and his girlfriend as they were you know getting out of there so it does it makes you wonder what what is it ultimately manifesting uh to the people and it seems to be doing that throughout time as well so in years gone by say some ufos uh took the shape of uh, stranger airships of the day or something more primitive and then as we move into the future they start taking the shapes of things like saucers or spheres that sort right. of thing yeah exactly exactly very interesting uh experience so how about we go through you've got three books this one was just released in august now is it out can people actually get it yes it's on uh Amazon in Kindle form and in softback. It's called uh, Stranger West is the new one. Right. Um, the, the first one was uh, Stranger Bridgerland. And then the second one is Beyond Stranger Bridgerland. And then, like I said, the brand new one is Stranger West. Yes. And again, all so, available on Amazon. So let's go through some of the highlights of all three. So in your first one, you what would you consider to be sort of the highlight in, of that book and sort of its main theme and message? So the first one was um, mostly local stories, and and you know it's it's called Stranger Bridgerland, and Bridgerland is the area in northern Utah. It's named after Jim Bridger, who was uh, one of the original um, fur trappers that helped colonize the the northern part. So they call it Bridgerland. The first one has UFO stories, Bigfoot, and um, ghost stories, but they're so localized because they're from, you know, my first experiences of back before there was internet and people outside of Utah knew that I, this is what I did. But there's definitely, like I said, all different kinds of stories in it. A lot of it goes through my experiences as a kid growing up and some of my children's stories. Let's go into that a little bit more. More to John. Gina Randall, you're in The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things 
that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Message and data rates may apply. Ladies and gentlemen, this may be the last time you ever have to worry about hair loss. Because Bosley is the real deal. They're giving women and men their hair back permanently. They're real hair. All it takes to get started is a single text message. You'll get an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card when you text TITAN11 to 85850. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. You'll also see, for free, why you're losing hair and how to get it back. Women and men all over the country trust Bosley because they're America's number one hair restoration expert. Ahead of the curve with the latest technology. And the best part? Bosley has permanent solutions to hair loss. You'll love what they'll do for your hair. So drop what you're doing long enough to send a text. Get your free information kit and gift card for $250 off by texting TITAN11 to 85850. Don't forget, that's T-I-T-A-N-1-1 to 85850. Welcome back to the Paracast. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, your children. Mm-hmm. They so, had experiences, John Olson? They did. Um, when my oldest was just a baby, uh, at the time my wife and I both worked um she was a hairdresser. So she worked Tuesdays and Saturdays and or Tuesday, Friday and Saturdays. So my children spent a lot of time on Tuesday and Friday with grandma and grandpa at the house. And because of that, they, they had experiences of their own. My oldest son, for some reason, the stair monster, the, the ghost in the house knew that it bothered him. So it would pick on him in particular. Uh, one story that I have in the first book, my mother purchased a snowman uh, for for a Christmas decoration, and it was a big, about four feet tall, made out of cloth, and it had a sandbag base. And when it sat in her front room, it would oftentimes move when they were gone. And my oldest son, from when he was younger, did not like the snowman. Well, uh, when he was about 15 years old, my father asked him if he would paint, uh, do some painting for him. And he said, sure. And he went over to grandma and grandpa's and in the basement uh, hallway where he was doing the painting, there's only one way in or out of the basement and their basement they were using for storage for all of their different decorations. So my son has got his headphones in and he's painting the hallway and he gets a really creepy feeling and he sticks his head in the door into the main living or the main area in there. And the snowman is facing him. And he, like I said, he didn't like the snowman. So he went in, picked up the snowman, 
turned it facing the corner like it was in timeout and went back to painting. And after about 10 minutes, he gets this really creepy feeling again. And he takes his headphones off and sticks his head in to the room again. And not only had the snowman turned all the way around, it was about halfway across the room to him. And he, <laughs> he, put, he put down the stuff and went upstairs and told my dad, he told, said, Grandpa, I'm not painting one more thing if that snowman is in the house. And so my dad put it out on the porch where it stayed for a couple of years until my mother sold it at a garage sale. And I said, did you tell them when they bought it that it was haunted? And she says, it wasn't haunted. It's the house that was haunted. It's, I'm sure it didn't leave with the snowman. That's so a like, really excellent story. I mean, talk about a dramatization. That would be wonderful yeah. to, to have that one done. I mean, it's, it actually almost gives me chills just listening to that story. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and because I think it knew that it bothered him, it, it in particularly liked to, to scare him. He had another experience. He was spending the night at grandma and grandpa's and he was, it was right around the same time as well. And he woke up. He felt like there was something in the room and he looked around, turned on the light and there was nothing there. And he laid, turned off the light and laid back down. And just as he did, something grabbed his leg with both hands and gave him a little jerk on the leg. And he jumped up and went down and slept in the front room the rest of the night. Yeah. So he'd like to pick on him in particularly. Uh, definitely. But all, all three of my children have had experiences at grandma and grandpa's house. Uh, one of my favorite stories to tell, it's about me and kind of the children. When my oldest was just a baby and my mother said that she would watch him on Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, she went in the attic and got all of my old baby stuff out. And one of them was this, uh, she was showing me all the stuff she'd got out. And one of them was, if you remember, they had these swings for babies where you would crank it up and then give the baby a little push and it would go swish, click, you know, and, and keep. Oh, yeah. Wind up. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And so she was showing me all the stuff and, and we were the only ones home and we went into the kitchen and we're talking and having lunch. And all of a sudden I could hear. I could hear the swish, swish, like, and we looked at each other and we walked in and, and we walk into the front room and it's just going back and forth. And I turned to my mom and I said, maybe we just wound it up and left it. And just as I said that it stopped in its backswing, like a hand had grabbed it and <laughs> lowered it slowly. And, and so I'm like, no. And, and then come to find out, I tested it. And without the weight of a baby in it, you can't even get it going. So it uh -huh. had been an external force pushing on it uh, to get it swinging back and forth like that so wildly. Whatever is doing this then has got to it be a part of the physical universe because it can interact with things in the physical universe. It can't be some other dimension. It has to be something that is uh, cloaked itself and is, is not visible to us. But I mean, now we're developing our own type of cloaking technology and ways of moving things at distances and stuff like that. So, I mean, again, it, we, we want to think of it as supernatural, but, mm -hmm. you know, it can't be supernatural if it's interacting with the physical world. And, you know, going right along with that is something that pops to mind, uh, a story by this gentleman uh, that I interviewed. His name was Kevin, and he was in the mountains. He loves to take his Jeep in the mountains, and and it was a fall, uh, an August day. He went up all day, and there was a place that he liked to go. It was always kind of, he said it always had a creepy feeling to it, and he drove up there in his Jeep. It's, it's pretty remote. 
And he looked around and then he sat in his Jeep to have his lunch. So it was right around noon and something caught his eye. And he said, coming down the trail was something running. He was trying to explain to me what it looked like. He said it looked like the vapors coming off of the road after it rains and it's hot. And then he says, he goes, oh, have you ever seen the movie Predator? He said it looked like the cloaked predator running down the trail. That would be scary. Yeah. And he said it ran right past the front of his Jeep and then over and then down the trail. And he said it was really strange because he could see it and yet not see it. It was like a shimmer uh, of light, just like the predator. He was really shaken by that experience. But but um, yeah, when you think about it, though, I mean, if okay, so there's a a witness who's seen something like that. mm -hmm. That could really explain a lot. Right. And we know our own militaries are working on cloaking technology of different kinds. They're using screens and cameras. And and uh, I don't think we've gotten to the point where we can bend light and make something completely invisible like a like the uh, Klingons in Star Trek. Mm -hmm. But who knows what we could do in, you know, two or three hundred years. Right. So so really, instead of jumping to the conclusion that, well, this is, you know, my dead grandmother, I'm thinking, no. Uh-uh, we've got something else going on here that wants us to think that or wants to see how we be, you know, how we behave. What do we think it is? What's our explanation? Are we going to be like the primitives, you know, who jump to superstitious explanations? Or are we going to try and look up out of our maze and like Moriarty in Star Trek and go, no, 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 something else is going on here. I also wonder here to what extent we try to make ourselves believe that something strange is something conventional and maybe part of that image of seeing our late grandfathers or grandmothers. That's something we're doing to make sense of this strange image. That's a possibility as well, that there's something going on. And and in order for our mind to comprehend what we're seeing, that's what's coming through. Because honestly, you know, what you're seeing with your eyes is essentially a picture made by a like electronic uh, signals from your eye to your brain. So you, you just don't know. And well, I would think then being electronic, anyone with the technology can create all sorts of havoc with that. Right. Well, and if you think about it, uh, if you've ever seen videos of people trying virtual reality goggles uh, for the first time, they lose their balance. They're, you know, they're literally their eyes and their mind are tricking them into believing they're on a roller coaster or they're on, you know, they're seeing something that isn't physically there. Right. And then, of course, that's but that's technology again. Right. So, I mean, if technology can explain this, mm-hmm. then why should we jump to the supernatural? We have the work of Persinger, where I don't know. Have you ever heard of Michael Persinger? Uh, it sounds familiar, but I'm not quite sure. Okay, well, he's a researcher, uh, bona fide scientist, lecturer, and he created this thing that was sort of dubbed the God Helmet, where people oh, would yeah. put on this device that would transmit a, a weak electromagnetic signal through the test subject's brain, and it would induce these types of experiences in them they would literally see apparitions of their grandparents or get the feeling that someone was watching them or all of these sort of strange creepy things would happen to them we're going to have some strange creepy things happen to us if we don't break gene randall john you're in the paracast a 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Dr. Joe has to say. As you know, I'm one of the doctors um, that uh, Don talks about because four years ago, I was diagnosed with high, high blood pressure. Runs in my family on my mother's side. You know, I come from an athletic background. You know, I did a lot of running throughout my life and I did triathlons. When I was trying to run some years back, I was getting short of breath, which is a little bit of a congestive heart failure. The extendivite, that shortness of breath and that coughing started going away. I was able to run longer and longer distances. And I uh, took a while ago. So now I'm able to do, you know, three and a half miles with my dog. And no problem. I don't stop. Not anymore. So I'm just saying you need to stick with the program. And, it, like, and you've got to change some lifestyle things, too. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. As you said that, J. Randall Murphy, I was thinking here, okay, with these subtle electromagnetic effects, we think of UFOs generating some kind of current that causes cars to sometimes stall. And you think in an environment like that, what's it doing to our minds? Well, yeah. I mean, if they're capable of using that same technology in a directed manner, they could induce all kinds of uh, hallucinations in people and who knows whether it's by accident or on purpose when it comes to ghosts encounters and things of that nature uh, definitely i have found that some people seem to be more susceptible to the electronic field that we all live in these days that can give you feelings of of creepiness or feelings of unease and then you find out well it's high voltage in that area or something of that nature and and some people do seem to be more sensitive to those um fields than others and and that can definitely affect you it can uh actually you've probably noticed on the skype there i've i've linked you over to uh brian bonner who when he was on told us actually some cases that he ran across where exactly that sort of thing was happening one of them was where one of the uh cases they were studying they had a cell tower that was basically three feet from their bedroom window oh wow yeah it was causing their person he believes to have hallucinations Mm -hmm. Um, That was one thing that, you know, when I watched the original Ghost Hunter show, um, I appreciated by them was the fact that they uh, they looked for things like that and tried to disprove things. Oh, well, you know, it appears like you've got really high um, uh, EMF or whatever field in this wall. There's a lot of electricity that can cause you to feel that way um, and try and debunk as much as they could, because you just you just never know what in the environment can be affecting you and we have to take that into consideration because otherwise then that's when we do really start to lose credibility i mean for for some people if we start talking about this we've already lost our credibility but for us who have experienced it i mean i'm an experiencer as well i've experienced a number of the things you've talked about including the uh the stairs the stair monster Mm -hmm. oh right Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure (laughs) i know about the stair monster and uh but these are real experiences that people are having we need to be able to look at them from a skeptical and responsible uh approach rather than just something that is entirely uh sensationalist right and i try and look at that even you know when i'm when i'm interviewing people or going through the bigfoot or ufos or whatever it is first you've got to be respectful of the people because what they've seen is you know it's a belief and you've got to respect that i try to keep my own personal beliefs out of it uh when it comes to helping or or listening to people but uh yeah whatever it is you got to keep an open mind when it comes to to certain things to either debunk or or figure out what it is that's causing it yeah i'm thinking well an open mind is a good thing but we don't want to be so open that we uh lose our perspective on things i kind of prefer mm-hmm. something called critical thinking 
Oh, right. Uh, exactly. Which doesn't mean you're, you'll be critical of the person who's telling the story, but you might look at the, you might take the information and try to look at it in a more objective fashion to determine what is more reasonable in terms of what the truth might be. Yeah, exactly. And, and part of what got me into this and what made me uh, want to write the books and, and also interview people is there's so many people out there who have had experiences. I wanted to make sure that they knew they're not alone and they're not weird and they're not strange for having it. And it's okay to share. It's okay to have questions. Um, because when you keep it to yourself and you have the experience, it can be hard uh, to feel free to share it with people and, and wonder and be judged. And that was part of why I wanted to write these books, to let people know that they're not alone and it's okay that you had this experience. It doesn't make you crazy. It doesn't make you unusual. You know, There is something going on and it's, it's important for people to know that. What about people who attach something evil? to any of this, that we're being visited by the Antichrist. It signals Armageddon or something like that, the end times. Well, I've noticed, especially in the last few years when I speak to people, because of the atmosphere of certain television shows or certain shows, they immediately jump to the conclusion that they have a demon in the house. And most of the time, you know, I try and talk to them and explain to them my experience and, and go through and, and try and explain, you know, from my personal view, if that is the case, it's very rare to have a demon in your house, something that's super evil, um, and try and help people in that manner. But I know that there's definitely experiences like the one I shared that come across as extremely frightening. You know, they, they are jarring experiences. How about book two then? So that we that was some really, really good highlights from book one. And uh, how about book two? What's in that one? Let's go through some of the highlights there. So, yeah. So uh, book two um, was a little bit, it's a little bit longer book as well. Um, again, I, I had some UFO uh, stories. I had some Bigfoot ghost stories. One in, in book two, one thing that I was able to get, I was able to meet a gentleman um, who had stories from his, he actually had the journal from his great, great grandfather who had grown up as basically one of the pioneers um, in Northern Utah. And two stories that he shared, uh, he lived in a place called Bear Lake. Bear Lake is a great big glacier lake that uh, formed, it's partly in Utah, partly in Idaho. And he grew up there and his job as a teenager was they, in order to get wood all the way, you know, logs around, they would float them on the river and then float them uh, in the lake. And then his job was to uh, hook up the team of horses, go down to the shore and hook up the logs and then drag them up so that they could be hauled to the mill or anything like that. And so he did that as a teenager and he told the story in his journal one day he went out and there was two logs down in the river, down from him. So he hooked up the team, uh, went down, hooked up the logs, drug them to the top, got the horses unhooked, and he looked back down and there was two logs in the same spot. And he was like, ah, I, I can't believe I didn't see them while they was already there. So he hooked up the team and went down there. But when he got down there, he realized they weren't logs. They were great big fish. That were fish that were nine feet long. Like some kind of huge ancient carp or something? He, yeah. There's never been any 
official reports of sturgeon in the lake, but it almost seemed like it was giant sturgeon that he saw. Yeah, okay, yeah. And and they kind of rolled over and looked at him and then swam off, but he'd never seen a fish that big. He's wow. nine feet long. You so wouldn't want to go wading in that river. <laughs> right, right. Well, and oddly enough, I've read stories um, from the Times uh, about people in Bear Lake seeing what they called the Bear Lake Monster, uh, supposedly a uh, creature that lives in the lake. And I wondered if not, they weren't seeing these ancient fish and coming up with reports of it. But there are reports of it coming out of the water and taking their sheep. And it's kind of interesting that way. You know what's interesting? These announcements. Make of them what you will. Gene, Randall, John, you're in. Up header cast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month, you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Roofs were torn apart as Dorian made landfall near Sambo Creek in Nova Scotia. It came ashore on North Carolina's Outer Banks, knocking out power and flooding Ocracoke Island, spinning off tornadoes that hit a number of homes, including Jason Sawyer's on Emerald Isle. He tells WRAL he saw what happened through his ring camera. We knew it was bad. We didn't realize how bad, but, uh, you know, catching that sound of, of the tornado right. hitting hitting us was, uh, was, was pretty uh, humbling. In the Bahamas, hundreds of people are trying to get off Abaco Island after Dorian flattened entire towns. People say there is no water and no power. Prime Minister Hubert Menace. So I only want you to be patient. We can't move all of you at one time. But the boats will be coming in. Thousands of people in the Bahamas are still missing. This is USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Alaruth, the capitalist evangelist. I'm here to introduce you to a special company with the potential to be one of the great all-American stories. Fortum Resources is a publicly traded, diversified, natural resource company with oil, gas, and mining properties in North America and internationally. Fortum is led by Chairman Mark Bruner, the legendary oil man who built ultra petroleum from a 15-cent stock to $200 per share, creating $15 billion in shareholder profits. Mark has 30 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, overseeing contracts with Halliburton, ExxonMobil, and Hess. Fordham has over 350,000 acres of oil and gas resources, and more than half the acreage has been evaluated by world-renowned auditors Deloitte Touche. Fordham also owns the rights to the 180-square-mile City of Gold mining property. 
Fordham is traded on two global exchanges, U.S. ticker symbol FTMR. Repeat, FTMR. This is a rare ground floor opportunity. To capitalize on a proven energy industry legend, please visit FordhamResources.com. That's Fordham, F-O-R-T-E-M, Resources.com. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame. He owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world. Then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 800 590 4930 That's 800-590-4930. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Somebody once said I did great segues, except for the last 10. All right. Fascinating stories from our special guest this week. John has just been doing this since he was eight years old, and he'll keep doing it till he gets it right. Yep. That's what I say to people. Yeah. <laughs> you started at 11. When are you going to stop? Why well, get it right? And I haven't yet gotten it right. Do you think that all these paranormal things from UFOs, Sasquatch, ghosts, whatever, are all connected? Yeah, like we were talking earlier, I, I think there could be a connection, definitely. Uh, when I think Sasquatch, of- because some people think, well, it's just a missing link of some sort. Right, and I can see that, and and I talk to a lot of people in the Bigfoot world, um, and and just like in the parent or in the UFO ufologist world, you have people from all different backgrounds and with all different beliefs. Um, it's the same with Sasquatch because you have people who, all the way on one side, you know, believe they're just uh, spiritual entities, and then you have people clear on the other side that believe no, it's a it's a cryptid, it's a, a real creature, and very rarely can they get along when they're talking in groups together. I had I had an experience where I interviewed a guy, and he had been in the Colorado mountains in uh, summertime, and he had found a set of elk horns that were still in the velvet, but something had grabbed hold of them and ripped it off the head of the elk, like just ripped it completely off. And even though when they're in the velvet, they are a lot more pliable than, than the hard horn when that finishes, um, I found that extremely strange that something big and strong would be able to rip the horns off of an elk. And I made the mistake of, of bringing it up in a group that were talking about Bigfoot. And I had a lady that attacked me and said, no, 
it wasn't a Bigfoot. And I said, well, you know, how do you know? I don't know what it is, but how do you know? And she was adamant that it could only kill with infrasound. And that's the only way Bigfoot kills is infrasound. And then <laughs> I realized, you know, I'm in the wrong oh, place. Boy. I can't have an open yeah. conversation. Yeah. But I found it really interesting that something – I didn't say it was a Bigfoot, but I found that it was interesting something strong enough to grab hold and, and rip the horns off an elk had to be pretty strong, whatever it was. So, yeah, there's definitely – uh, when it comes to being connected and everything, it's it's wide open. You have to just keep studying and, and try and come up with your own hypothesis. How about missing people or vanishings? I mean, this this giant river fish, I mean, we've you know all heard of, you know, missing 911 and all of that. I mean, I wonder if that might be an explanation in some cases. Yeah, you know, I've read all of David Politis' book. Um, I've had the opportunity to talk to him on on occasion through the internet, talking to him because I, I absolutely love his books and I and it fascinates me what it possibly could be. But I wonder if that's not connected somehow as well with the way people disappear. You know, they're there one minute, they're gone the next. It makes no sense. And so, yeah, you just never know. You know, originally when I started reading, just like a lot of other people, I thought, oh, well, maybe it's, you know, Sasquatch related. But the more I've read and the more I've talked to David, it's got to be, you know, I'm I, I'm not leaning towards necessarily UFOs, but it almost seems like it's got to be something like we talked about a cloaked figure or a cloaked something that's able to take people away without being noticed. And I, I, I love that. I find that really fascinating, that whole book series. Do you did do you have many cases or any cases of that out in in uh, your neck of the woods there? Yeah, so actually, um, there's a, a cluster not far from me of about three um, in the general area, and then in there's a section in Utah of mountains that run uh, north and south, and it's called the Uinta Mountains, and it has a, a cluster of missing people there as well, which. I find really fascinating because the Uintas, I've interviewed several people who have had UFO and ghost experiences and Bigfoot experiences all in the Uintas. And like we talked about, the Skinwalker Ranch butts up right against the Uinta Mountain. So it all seems somehow tied together somehow uh, in that area. Very interesting. Yeah. Wow. So do you think then there are these so-called window areas that somehow attract more paranormal events than other places? Yeah, I definitely think that. For example, there's a mountain range in in Cache Valley. It's called the Wellsville Mountains. It's a really tall mountain range. And by far, more people have UFO uh, sightings near that mountain range than anywhere else in northern Utah. Then all the people, several people that I've interviewed who've had Bigfoot sightings, even though they don't know each other and don't know each other's story, I can draw uh, about a five-mile radius in the mountains, and they all seem to happen within that five-mile radius. So it definitely seems to cluster the experiences, especially when it comes to UFOs or, or Bigfoot, uh, Sasquatch. It seems to cluster in certain areas. Well, of course, that follows the theory of possible dimensional portals where they mm-hmm. pop into existence in those areas. Of course, we see that in sci-fi quite often, that it's right. not just taking a spaceship, there's a stargate going from one world to another or going from one universe to another, very common. On the Arrowverse superhero TV shows on the CW, when they go from one Earth to another, it's through this reality or dimensional portal. So if right. that could be done in the real world... 
Mm-hmm. That could create a host of things, especially if it can happen when you have no control over it. Yes, exactly. I remember uh, I read one of my favorite books, actually, is called Hunt for Skinwalker Ranch. And they talked in there about seeing portholes open like that and creatures crawling out of it uh, on the Skinwalker Ranch. So it's it's definitely very intriguing and would answer a few questions of, of how they seem to different creatures seem to appear or disappear or or same with ufos but again you know it it's it's all up to what you believe or or what you've seen or you know there's so many different explanations out there like we touched on on the matrix you know that we live in a matrix or you know it's just fascinating all of it and and you know the, all of this adds up to a whole list of of things that we could say put in a list of general possibilities. But uh, I think you'd probably agree that when we do that, there's also a hierarchy of reasonableness in terms of which seems to be more likely to be true than the next. Like We might not be able to say, well, uh, a multiverse matrix style a construct of some type is the case. That's the explanation. But we might be able to say it's a better explanation than transports from hell right well and that goes along with with you know science and and how science works um they come up with a hypothesis and and that is then they try and prove disprove it and then that's the theory until a better idea comes along and then you can prove or disprove it so it's it's um it's definitely along those lines of course with ufos how do you prove or disprove it. <laughs> well, it's the same with everything. Like, um, you know, I can I can tell you my experiences of seeing that full body apparition, but you know, I didn't have a camera with me. I didn't take a picture. I don't have proof. All I have is my memory and and my explanation of it. And it's the same with UFOs. Um, we're getting pictures, but at the same time that I find, you know, as everybody's carrying a cell phone. And we're getting pictures. Um, you're also getting a lot more people who are faking UFO pictures, and it's getting no. harder to distinguish between, you know, fake UFOs and real UFOs, and and you know, it kind of muddies the whole water because in in uh, the news or or in popular, you know, whatever you want to call it, they focus a lot more when somebody is caught hoaxing a picture and making that public, which kind of disparages the ones that we have that that aren't faked the problem here of course is when you try to take a photo of something in the sky that may seem distinct to you when you take out your smartphone camera even the better ones from apple and samsung and they make really excellent cameras apples are used to create 4k motion pictures you still just get lights in the sky indistinct and you never know exactly what they are. More to come. John Olson, Gene, Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? 
Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four and a half to five star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part, Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
so in connection with those photos, that's the one thing that disappoints me about UFOs. How many really good, solid photos are there out there that are of unknown things? There aren't many. Right. I go back to the Bigfoot. Even though we have cameras and it's been several years, I still personally turn to the Robertson Patterson Gimlin film as one of the best examples. And when I show somebody that, I inevitably get somebody that's like, well, wasn't that shown to be fake? Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I'm, I'm like, going, no. oh, uh, the guy admitted that he had put on a, like, the, the costume and went and did it. Like, yeah. it's all been exposed now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy about how everything goes on. And, and you know, you got people that, that still have it and cling to it. And then, you know, it, it just goes back and forth and back and forth with everything. And you've got to have an open mind when you're, when you're exploring. And it, somewhere in between the, non, the absolute non-believers that you'll never convince and those that see something everywhere is the truth. And, and so yeah. it's hard to wade yeah. through everything. So. Yeah, you, you definitely get the extremes on on either end of it. And the story that you were telling about you know the Bigfoot uh, believer, mm-hmm. right? When you get when you get into groups that are so invested in a particular explanation or belief or paradigm worldview mm-hmm. or whatever it is, that they are resistant to considering anything that might actually maybe move up in that level of hierarchy that we were talking about, then that can get to be pretty frustrating for the rest of us who are trying to be a little bit more responsible. Right, exactly. And it's so easy nowadays to get mired in some of the the craziness of it. I remember I was sent a picture. Somebody said they they had a picture of Sasquatch and they sent it to me and it was a tree. And I said, "I, (laughs) I I don't see it. And I'm trying to be very respectful. Right. And he circled it and sent it back. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. And, and he was like, oh, well, you probably don't see it because it's cloaked. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. And, and I found a long time ago, I can't, you can't argue with people like that. You just can't. You just have to be respectful or, you know, to the best of your ability and, and get out of the situation. Or, or polite, at least. Polite. I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that we have to respect people's beliefs that don't make any sense. And, or, you know, I mean, the, I, I think there's a place for not respecting things. But at the same time, if they genuinely sort of are not trying to put one over on you and are just expressing what they personally believe, then I think we have a, a duty to at least be civil Mm -hmm. yeah oh and then that's the thing yep just be civil and and you can say well i'm sorry i don't see it and and kind of try and get out of the the situation and and talk and like you say be civil there's a lot of stuff like that that kind of goes on that i i think mars those of us that are that are trying to um tell a story trying to get interest and and explore it well, the stories are interesting. That's just the thing, because you know, with those of us who have been in it for a long time, of course, Gene and I have been in it for a long time. You've been in it for a long time. You can't go through decades of interviewing people and think that they're all just making it up or misinterpreting things. At the core of all of this, there's some real genuine experiences from some real genuine, sincere people that represent true mysteries. That's what actually really makes it interesting for me. The whole cultural side of it is also really interesting, but you got to be able to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and you've got to take into account when you're interviewing somebody or talking to them what their background is, what their belief system is, and go from there. 
kind of understand it. It's it's a lot about understanding it from their eyes, especially when you know I'm getting a story and then I'm writing it in first person for them, kind of a thing, turning it into a first person story and keeping it as accurate and everything. It's it's just important to see it from from their eyes. That's so true. That's such an important point. Okay, uh, we're starting to get close to the end here now, so we should talk about uh, book three. Let's go through some of the highlights there in your new one uh, before we run out of time. So uh, book three, again, it's a lot of the same stuff. Ghosts. um, I I have several stories, too, in there uh, of people who have run into these, I I guess you would call shadow people. Um, And a lot of those are in the mountains, uh, people that I've talked to. And they seem to have the same theme running through them. There's There's a dark presence feel, dark, heavy feeling with them. And it's late at night. They're tall figures, uh, almost seemed stretched out. Uh, I interviewed one person. Uh, he told me when he was a teenager, him and his buddies went camping uh, in a canyon, Spring Hollow. Uh, it's not far from here, actually, where I live. And they decided when, after they had dinner, it was late. They were going to go on a night hike. So they went for a night hike. And the further they got up this canyon, the more heavy the feeling got for them, the more strange the feeling got for them. And as they approached a certain section, they looked up and here was a large figure, shadow. It was just dark, dark, absence of light, dark. And it was peering out around the cliff face in front of them at them. Like a shadow person. Yeah, like a shadow person. And it even reached its, you know, long arm around the cliff and was staring at them. He said that he was ended up in the front right before this happened. And he's looking at this creature whatever it is. And he was almost mesmerized by it until he could hear the footsteps of his friends running away from behind him. And that kind (laughs) of snapped him out of it and realized now he's alone with this creature in the mountains. And, And he turned and ran back and they made it back to camp, built the fire up large. He said, if it, if it was up to him, he would have left, but being a bunch of teenage boys, no one wanted to be the one that said, I want to go home. Right. You know? Chickened out. Yeah, right. exactly. So they just stayed up all night with the big fire and talked about what they'd seen. It seems to be a theme of that, of people running into these shadow people, uh, in particular for me, for whatever reason, because maybe it's an outdoor area that I live, that a lot of those stories involve people running into them in the mountains and in certain areas in the mountains. You've got some background, like a background image on your website at uh, strangerbridgerland.com. Is that an actual photo of your area? Yeah. So they're all from the area uh, where I'm at. All of those pictures on there are from the area where I grew up and from where the books are. So the, the mountains in the back are the Wellsville Mountains that I talked about where a lot of the UFO pictures are. Or a beautiful. Lot of the Looks like yeah. a Absolutely beautiful area. It is. It's just a beautiful area, a wonderful place to live. When you can live anywhere in the valley and you're only 10 minutes from the wilderness, from skiing or hiking or camping. And and so because of that, a lot of the stories um, tend to uh, be from in the mountains. Uh, yeah, it's just a wonderful place to live. Something I try to understand is somebody who grew up in the big city. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and I live in the Phoenix metro area, though very spread out, is still in the heart of a big city with lots and lots of malls, you know, suburban sprawl, whatever it's called. We can do that. Hey, we're just about out of time, John Olson. 
please tell our listeners what you plan on doing from here on where they can get more information about what you do. So I'm actually already trying to pull together book four, but that'll be out not for a year. My three books are available on Amazon. Uh, if you want to contact me, anybody wants to contact me, you can go through my website, uh, strangerbridgerland.com. On there as well, I've got a section where I'm hopefully going to have some speaking engagements, and uh, those will be on there. If you want to come out and meet me and, and talk to me, those will be also on the website eventually here in the next month or so. And I just appreciate hearing from people. So if you if you want to contact me, that's the best way to do. And just be patient with me because I, I'm trying to get through all my emails. So You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast on Twitter. We also have a pair of communities, groups, whatever you want to call them on Facebook. And, you know, we might participate more. We also have that special feature that allows you to get the best out of the Paracast, the best experience called the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com for more information. We give you a version of this show with enhanced audio free of the network ads. We also have the After the Paracast podcast, where you never, ever know what's going to happen next. It could be color commentary, it could be special interviews, or the show continues. In fact, John Olson is going to appear on this weekend's edition of After the Paracast, along, of course, with the update on UFO sightings from William Puckett. For more information, check plus.theparacast.com. John Olson, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you so much for having me. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast. <laughs>